people are like, okay, I believe in the concept of, of being willing to give up on something, but how do I know when? Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Mad Talks Podcast. My name is Roger Nairn. And I'm Connor Beaton. And we're back together again. Boom, boom. Connor has been away on vacation, but also we are spreading the Mad Talks love all across North America. It's been a month. You've been away for a month. Basically, when Roger says I was on vacation, I was working. Yeah. But <laughs> Connor's idea of vacation is my, working. My idea of vacation. Yeah. So, so I was in Toronto and... We launched Man Talks in Toronto. It was amazing. Which we had a awesome. sold out crowd. We had uh, like 160 people, which was fantastic. Uh, really well received. And we've got some exciting things coming up in Toronto. So if you're out in Toronto, stay tuned. Uh, and then I spent a couple of days in New York, just, you know, on, on my own, doing, doing the New York Minute. And then, uh, did you, did you, did you like shop? Did you check out the galleries? No, shopping is expensive. I did check out the galleries. I went to the, to the MoMA nice. and literally walked up the stairs and around the corner and there is Van Gogh's Starry Night. Oh, it's amazing. Incredible. I was yeah. blown away. Like the first thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, New York was fantastic. And then I flew to L.A. where we launched Man Talks in L.A. Boom, and boom. that was a huge success. Lots of influencers came out. You know, we had Preston Smiles come and speak, who has a huge following. And he was just fantastic. Uh, Juvon Langford came and spoke. And he's actually the gentleman down in L.A. who's helping us, uh, you know, continue to launch Man Talks in L.A. And then we had uh, a gentleman named Evan Money, who was hilarious and really cool story. Uh, and then finally, Joel Brown, the founder of Addicted to Success, who we're going to have on the podcast in in the next couple months. Awesome. So stay tuned for that. Awesome. So what else has been going on in Man Talks land? Oh, man, so much. Okay, so here's here's like the 22nd overview of where we're at. Because of these two events, because we launched in these other two cities, we have had tons of people reach out from Australia and Chicago and Seattle and San Francisco and Calgary and Ottawa. And Would you call it an influx? A bit of an influx. Yeah. yeah, a bit of an influx. It's a bit of an influx. So people have reached out to have man talks in their cities around the world, basically. And we are just putting the pieces together to do that. So if you are out there listening and you want to help spread the word, we would be very, very grateful for you to, you know, send the podcast to somebody or send a blog that's really made a difference for you to a, a friend or whoever uh, in, in a different city so that as we expand... People know that we're coming. People know who we are, yeah. and it's not just a big surprise. Yeah, the purpose of what we're doing, why we're why we're doing any of this, is to build a community of like minded men, and and we can't build that community unless the word spreads. So, yeah. uh, first of all, thank you for spreading the word, but we got some more work to do. So keep spreading and spreading and spreading. Get it out there, like the peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, yeah, because the more we spread it, the more we get amazing guests, like our our guests that we're going to be talking to today. Oh, Chris Galbo. Chris Galbo. Um, he designed a method for creating your perfect job. I mean. I mean, how good is that? Um, he's the bestseller of the $100 startup, and he's created a practical guide for how to do it, whether within a traditional company or business or by striking out on your own. Finding the work you were born to do is just about discovering your passion. Sorry, finding the work you were born to do isn't just about discovering your passion. Those who jump out of bed excited to go to work every day don't just have jobs that turn their passions into paychecks. They have jobs where they can also lose themselves for hours in the flow of meaningful work. This intersection of joy, money, and flow is what you'll learn 
in this book. Through inspiring stories of those who have successfully landed their dream career, as well as actionable tools, exercises, and thought experiments, he'll guide you through today's vast menu of career options to discover the work perfectly suited to your unique interests, skills, and experiences. And like I said, we're so lucky to have him on the podcast today. Yeah, he's, 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 got a, he's got a ton. I just love your segue, by the way. Dude, <laughs> I hope you all just took a second to notice how smoothly yeah. Roger just segued into that into that intro, but no, I, I minored in segue. You minored in segways, yeah, yeah, like not not the not the ride on carts, but the actual. I majored you know. in the ride the ride on segways. <laughs> oh, I see. And I minored in spe- speaking segways. <laughs> All right, well, enough <laughs> enough tomfoolery. Thanks so much for joining us today, and there are Tom some foolery. really really great uh, wisdom <laughs> nuggets, golden nuggets that Chris drops about finding your dream career, about you know making money off of what you're really passionate about. And it's a really, really great conversation. So stay tuned. Hey, Chris, welcome to the Man Talks podcast. Hey, thanks so much. It's a huge honor. Awesome. Before we get started, we always like to ask our, ask our guests, uh, can you share with us a defining moment for you as a man? Yeah, it's a great question. I don't think I've ever been asked that before. I was trying to think about that because, you know, lots of stories I could share. But for me, a lot of things kind of go back to, uh, you know, I, I got my start traveling and doing independent work. Uh, when I was living in West Africa and I was there for about four years as an aid worker and I went there like, you know, having traveled a little bit around North America, around Europe, et cetera, but I'd never really been to like you know, a really poor country. And so in Sierra Leone, I actually had the responsibility of overseeing a, a screening process for a couple of thousand people who were, who were like coming into a stadium to see doctors and nurses uh, to see if we could treat them. And so I was basically in charge of crowd control. And it was just an incredibly intense day. I got up at like three o'clock in the morning. We were there like, you know, the whole morning, the whole day. And I had a lot of conversations with people, you know, who had traveled, you know, through villages, you know, a thousand miles or more or something to come. And I felt like I was actually contributing in a weird way. I felt like I was actually like helping just, you know, provide some order and process to the whole thing. And so I went away feeling really good that I was able to do that. Like I felt like I had grown through it, but I was also kind of humbled through it as well because, you know, like there I am, you know, being from the United States and like I go there and like all these people who are really struggling, but it was a, it was a good transformative moment for me. Very cool. That's incredible. Working with people in that regard and and that aspect is I find often very uh, transformative in 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 some way. So, um, just to kind of switch gears, so you've you've written this new book uh, titled "Born for This," which is absolutely crushing it in the charts. And you're you know traveling around in North America, and you're coming to Vancouver this week, which is awesome. We're excited to come see you. I, I know traveling's not a very big deal for you, considering you've <laughs> been to every single country in the world before you turn thirty five. But it's uh, a lifestyle, man. I keep traveling. You know, I, I have no plans to stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Traveling is is fantastic. I just, I actually just got back from a month on the road, so it's cool. it's a fun experience. So, can you can you tell us about like where the idea came from to to write this book and and why you're so passionate about it? Yeah. So, you know, after I left West Africa, um, you know, I, I went to went back to the U.S., did grad school. And then I, I started this project of going to visit every country in the world. And out of that project, uh, you know, came my community, the art of nonconformity. So everything since then has really been an organic process. It's been kind of responding to the needs of my community, looking at what people are struggling with, uh, where the opportunities are all that kind of stuff. Um, and so I wrote a previous book called The $100 Startup. And the new book, Born for This, is kind of a sequel to that uh, in the sense that you know, I'm looking at people who have found or created their dream job. 
And I talk to a lot of people who who feel like, you know, they they they've won the career lottery. They they go to work, you know, they would go to work even if they didn't get paid for it, uh, but they do get paid for it. So question is like, what do those people do? Like, what have they done differently from other people? Uh, were they just lucky or were there choices that they made along the way? And if there were choices, then then how can we, you know, adopt those choices to our own lives, uh, whatever it is that we hope to become or achieve. So the story of Born for This is essentially about how to find the work you were meant to do. Hmm. Very cool. And, you know, I, I imagine when, as soon as this, like, as soon as I saw this book and, and kind of started going through it, I thought, this would be huge for a lot of millennials. It seems to be a big thing for millennials who are are looking for a sense of of purpose and who are looking for mm-hmm. you know meaning within their work. Is this sort of not that it's targeted for a specific demographic, but do you find right. that it really appeals to a specific demographic more so than other people? I mean, I know that the tenets of the book are are applicable to everybody, but do you find that it really calls right. out to certain people? Yeah, no, no. Great, great question. I, I love the word purpose that you use there. Uh, so I guess I'm interested in writing for people who are interested in purpose and interested in change, who might be in a time of transition, uh, or maybe they're dissatisfied with you know conventional answers or traditional outlets, traditional paths. Maybe they look at what their parents did and they say, oh, that was great for that generation, but you know, I want something different for myself. Uh, but it's not really targeted toward an age group, you know, because uh, you know, people can be in those those you know times of transitions at all all walks of life, and I've got people from different ages. But I guess a lot of millennials are you know essentially in transition and trying to figure out okay the brave new world. And there's not as many opportunities, at least in traditional jobs, as there used to be. Uh, but at the same time, there's lots of opportunities to do different stuff. So how do we navigate that? Because you know education doesn't necessarily prepare us for that. Uh, we learn technical skills in education, but we don't really learn you know how to go about making a living you know, how to provide for ourselves, how to compete in the new economy. So I definitely write a lot about that. So, so kind of walk us through um, what the process is like to, to, you know, you like to call it hacking the, the job of your dreams. You know, mm-hmm. wh- what is that process like for somebody that's either trying to get into an organization and, and trying to create this job for themselves or trying to build up this, this job within the organization that they're already in? Yeah, great. So the, uh, so there's kind of a, central thesis of being a self-employed employee. And th- this means that essentially like you, you, you might have a job. That's great. No problem. You might have more than one job, you know, in your life or more than one career. Uh, but if you're working for someone else, you know, you should think of yourself as leasing your talents out to that company or that organization. You, you should think of yourself as, okay, I'm, I'm going to, you know, give them this part of my life, you know, for a set period. Maybe I'll extend that commitment, whatever. And I'm going to do a good job for them. It's not like I'm just kind of phoning it in or something. But at the same time, I'm going to invest in myself. And I'm going to invest in, you know, the skills that I need that will help me in the future. I'm going to do things uh, to create more security for, for myself. You know, I talk to lots of people who are creating what I call a side hustle. So they're building this small business, you know, in their spare time, which, you know, nobody has much spare time, but in your limited time, you know, you're creating something that you have ownership over um, that's increasing your security, increasing your confidence, giving you more options. Uh, you're, you're learning the right kind of skills. So it's not just like in the book, I make this distinction between hard skills and soft skills. Hard skills are everything that you learned in college or university. They're things that are, you know, technical for your work. Uh, but soft skills are, are actually just as important, if not more important. So that's improving things like your communi- communication, uh, negotiation, uh, facilitation, being the person who kind of gets things done. If you can learn to master these skills, which aren't really taught, uh, if you can master these skills, it kind of sets you apart you know, in a very competitive environment where lots of people have the same kind of technical skills. So if you can hack your job, you know, as you said, 
Um, it will help you in your existing job. It will help you get a better job or it will help you create freedom for yourself so you can go out and do something totally different. And I find just on the soft side of skills, you know, the one skill that people forget is so important. It's just straight up emotional intelligence, just being able to oh, understand right. how exactly. to yep. and, and empathy and things like that. Um, you know, I, I was lucky enough at a, at a young age to be taught that life is too short to, to not enjoy the job you're in or to hate, you know, to hate the work you're doing. Um, how do you, how do you encourage people to recognize the signs that what they're doing is, is the right thing or, or perhaps uh, they're, they're not, uh, in the right kind of career right now? Yeah, yeah, of course. So I would say, you know, I mean, first of all, just realize it's a process of discovery. It's not something like, you know, tomorrow we, we have everything that we want and we have the dream job. I feel like we put a lot of pe- a lot of pressure, you know, on pe- people, especially young people in our society to kind of know, know everything at a very young age and to know your life purpose at age 20, you know, and to make these decisions that are going to affect you for the rest of your life. And, and most of us don't, even at age 30 or whatever, you know, like we, we kind of figure this out as we go along. We get a little bit better, we get a little bit closer toward it. But I would also say, you know, like I was doing an event the other day and someone asked, like, you know, how do I know, you know, if I if I found my dream job? And and I said, you know, if you have to ask, you probably haven't. You know what I mean? Like if you're sitting around your work, like, is this is do I love this? Like you probably don't, you know? And that's okay. That's like again, there's a process. You know, you have to to make compromises at times. But you know, for everybody listening, I would imagine they only subscribe to man talks if they're they're interested in self, you know, improvement and self-actualization. They want to to better their lives. Uh, so you know, let, let's ask ourselves, okay, you know, what brings me joy? You know, what is not only brings me joy, but what is actually financially viable and sustainable? And what is the overlap between these two things? Because there's lots of things I could do that I love to do. And there's some things I could do for money, but is there some kind of overlap between the two of those? And then also like, you know, what, what do I do really well? Like, what are my skills? And maybe my skills are not the most obvious ones. It's not just what I went to college for. It's not just what it says on my resume, but you know, something I noticed uh, through all the research is a lot of people learn what they're really good at uh, by active listening, by kind of paying attention to other people, because we can often see in other people, like what their skills are, what their strengths are, like what they're born to do, maybe more than we can sometimes figure out for ourselves. Yeah, it's a really, it's a really, really good point, because it'll help us reflect into ourselves about what's fulfilling for the work that that we're doing, right? So when we see other people, you know, doing operational processes, I'm using myself as an example, doing operational processes and seeing, oh, I'm not actually very good at that. And that doesn't fulfill me. But, Mm -hmm. you know, creating vision statements and and mission and and sort of like the purpose of a company, that's really rewarding for me. And so I can go in that direction. So it's, it's a huge point. I kind of wanted to jump back onto the, onto the purpose conversation. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that you have this a lot. Um, and it's a, it's a conversation that a lot of our community loves to dive into is, you know, how do you move closer and closer towards what your purpose is? And sort of amalgamate that with with making money, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, we want right. to be able to feel fulfilled with with giving our gifts out to the world, but also we want to be able to to make a living off of that. So, what do you, what advice do you give to people around that, and and what can you pull out of the book that's really uh, in line with that? Yep. So, so two things. You know, I, I think so. The first thing to be aware of is that there is more than one path, right? There is more than one path that we can go down. We could all do different things. Even if you look at famous people or celebrities who are really good at what they do, like they probably could have done something else as well. Maybe they wouldn't have done it as well. Maybe they wouldn't, you know, have been as successful. But there is more than one path. I think the way that we make choices when we come to this, you know, intersection or like I could go this way, I could go this way, what do I do? We think about that model 
that I mentioned briefly of joy, money, and flow. So flow is that thing about skill, about something we do really well. And we kind of ask ourselves, okay, which decision gets us closer, you know, to the intersection of those three things. And you know, that's where the money thing comes in because if there's something you love to do, but there is no, you know, financial component to it, then it could be a hobby and that's great. Like it's okay to do things just for love or for fun or whatever, but we're talking about your career. There has to be a, you know, financial element to it. So, you know, of all the different options that we have, like which ones, you know, get us closer to that joy, money, flow, the intersection of all three. And the second thing is, you know, one thing I learned is that we, we pay very little attention in career research. And if you go see your guidance counselor, if you ever take like a skills test, we pay very, very little attention to working environment and understanding like how we actually do our best work. And this is something that is very individual. Like everybody has different responses and answers to this. So if you can begin to understand like your ideal working conditions, what I call them in the book, um, then you can make decisions, you know, that get you closer to happiness, to purpose, to success as you define it. And, you know, working conditions are things like how you spend your time or like how you prefer to spend your time and what your ideal workflow is and how much you want to work with other people versus how much you want to work on your own, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, there's actually a free quiz uh, on the book website, bornforthisbook.com, and nobody has to register. They don't have to like sign up with their email. They can just go and take this quiz and they'll, they'll get a personality type uh, along with some really specific recommendations and tips that apply for them as to how they can begin applying this you know, in their life um, to get closer to success and happiness. Yeah, it's actually I actually did the, the quiz last night and it's fantastic. Okay. Um, really intuitive. And the, the cool thing that I found, it, it basically at the end said like, you know, you need to be your own boss. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. <laughs> uh-huh. okay. It sounds like you're uh, independent creative is what yeah. it sounds like to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Independent creative. That, that was actually, yeah, that was the one. Um, but it's, it's very, I mean, it's, it's interesting. How important is just trying things out? Because I, I mean, my, my personal journey to running my own business, like I went through being a classical singer and then I went through working for the biggest company in the world and, and, you know, being a a market leader with, you know, doing sales and running sales teams and that kind of stuff. So it was kind of, it was, it's interesting that we're having this conversation because all of those pieces, the the pieces that I, you know, learned in singing and, and singing opera and the pieces that I learned with Apple, all of those kind of fueled what I do now, which is my ultimate purpose. So how important is just trial by fire, do you feel? Yep. Uh, I think trial by fire is extremely important. I think your story, this is what's interesting, you know, like we have kind of a similar story and then I did a whole bunch of other stuff. I was a musician as well. And then I did the aid worker thing. And then I had the project of going to all these countries. I was an entrepreneur. I started different businesses, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So what's interesting though, is as, as unique as your story is, and maybe as unique as mine is in some ways, you know, we're, we're actually kind of have very typical stories for people who, you know, are doing something that they love because almost everybody who's doing something that they love, who feels like they have, you know, found or created their dream job, they have also followed a very nonlinear path. And there are a couple of exceptions. Like there are some people, but I would say the exceptions are less than 5%, like 95% of people who are in a situation like you or me where we're like, yeah, I'm really grateful and fortunate. Like I want to keep improving, but I do feel like I'm on the right track. You know, they, they have actually experimented a lot and they've gone down lots of different paths. And to me, the key point is not just that they experimented, but they've been willing to kind of go down a path and then actually turn back, you know, go down a path and say, I think this is it for me. But then they go down they're like, actually, no, you know, that's not it. Or maybe it was it for a little while, but it's not my long-term thing. It's not what I was born to do. So I'm going to, you know, go back to where I made that choice and make a different one. That to me is really key because a lot of people just kind of get stuck and like, well, I've made this choice. I'm going to stick with it. It's okay. Like it's fine. So I'm going to do it. Um, as opposed to saying, I'm not going to settle. 
I'm not going to compromise. I'm going to make a different choice. And how much of that process is actually just straight up trusting your gut? I think it's a combination. I think it's, uh, it's trust and intuition. Um, but then it's also kind of, you know, through experience, like we, we gain confidence, uh, through experience and experience includes mistakes. You know, we gain confidence through trying different stuff and then we have more knowledge about ourselves. So part of the problem is we're, we're expected to make these decisions, you know, at young age, at a young age that relate to all kinds of things that we don't really know anything about, you know, like maybe we decide what to study or what field to go into because we had a friend or a relative that was doing that. Or maybe we just kind of like the idea of it, but we don't really know what the field is like until we go into it. We don't realize like which parts of it we're good at, which parts of it we're not so good at. Um, so the more you know, experience you have, then the, then the better you're able to make decisions. So it's, it's somewhat gut and intuition, but you're, all, you're also kind of working with the facts and the reality that you've established by, by taking all those different paths. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, I'm, I'm at, I'm, I'm kind of curious. So you've been traveling around promoting the book and you've been doing these events in you know, hundreds of different cities. And I'm, I'm curious what the most popular question you get asked is at these events. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, I do definitely notice some themes, you know, kind of coming up. I do notice um, that people respond very much to this concept of the side hustle. So they're asking a lot about that, a lot of questions about, you know, how to do it and what do I do when my side hustle is, is really successful. And then I have to decide, you know, between that and the job, which I always say is like a great place to be in, right? You know, there's lots of, you know, there's lots of ways we can make that decision, but it's, it's great, you know, first of all, to acknowledge, you know, that it's a good place to be. Maybe another question that comes up is, you know, okay, so I go down the path and it's not the right path, but how do I choose you know, when to give up or, or when to keep going. Um, like people are like, okay, I believe in the concept of, of being willing to give up on something, but how do I know when? And so that's been interesting to kind of workshop a little bit. And I generally think like, you know, if it's, if it's working and you still believe in it, then you keep doing it. If it's not working, you don't believe in it, then you give up. And it's only if it's a little bit more complex that you have to take a closer look. So if it's if it's not working, whatever this thing is, whatever the path is that you went down, but you still believe in it, then you're probably going to have to change something about how you do it because you don't want to give up. Like you still believe in the vision, but it's also not working. So you have to accept that reality, uh, but maybe, you know, tweak it a little bit, maybe try a different attempt or something. I think that that tends to help people. And I love the idea of the side hustle and, and the side hustle is something that I've always believed in, you know. I struggle though with trying to balance my, you know, time off from work and and trying mm -hmm. trying to you know restore my energy, uh, right, whether right. that's at night or on the weekend. Um, how do I balance that and make sure that I'm still, you know, <laughs> getting out of bed every day and and right, uh, right. And, and still have the energy to to make it into my the quote unquote nine to five? Yeah, no, fair point. Um, I guess the first thing I would say is when I when I say side hustle, I'm not talking about another job. You know, I'm not talking about okay, I finished my you know job for six hours, eight hours, 10 hours, whatever. And then I go, you know, I deliver pizza or whatever. Or I go to like this other job. I'm talking about something where you create ownership over something and, you know, you, you have, you have choice over this and this is your asset essentially, even if it's a small asset, it's something that you're selling. It's some kind of product or service. So it's a different kind of work, first of all, usually, you know, than what you do in your day job. So it does kind of take a little bit of different, different energy, which is good. Um, you know, second of all, I would say like when you have limited time, like all of us, you know, all of us are in that situation, then you're only going to do the, the things that really matter. 
Like you're not going to waste a lot of time. You're not going to try to be on every single social network. You're not going to try to start 10 different projects. You're going to say, okay, I'm just going to do this one thing because I need, you know, need to do this, you know? And maybe my last point is like, well, yeah, I know it's, I, I know it's hard. Like we're all tired at the end of the day. We want to just watch TV or something and that there's nothing wrong with watching TV. Right. But I also think like if you're building something for your future, like if you're trying to like invest to create more opportunity and more security in the future so that you're not stuck in that job, you know, in the long term, or that at least you have a choice, you know, if you, if you want to work a job, that's great. Um, but you want to make sure it's, it's the kind of job that works for you. Or what if it's a good job and the environment changes and it's no longer a good job? You know, don't you want to have that, that thing on the side? So to me, it's, a, it's about maybe a little bit of short-term cost uh, for a potentially like tremendous long-term reward. Awesome. Love that. Uh, Chris, you know, you, you've written all these books and you, and you, you do all these events. Um, what is your legacy? I mean, what's the legacy you want to leave uh, in the world? Yeah, well, that's a, that's a deep question. I, I guess I would, you know, I would say I want to, if I could only do like one thing, you know, I, I often ask people that in a different way. I say like, if you could only support one cause, you know, for the rest of your life, like you, you believe in lots of different things, but you can only pick one, what would you pick? Um, I guess for me, you know, what I've tried to do with nonconformity is is um, just to help people think differently, to help them make life choices that work for them, uh, to help people understand that they're not alone if they don't want to follow the traditional path. So anything about empowerment, uh, anything that helps people kind of maybe have a bigger vision and then not just have the vision, but actually go after it with some practical steps. You know, if I'm able to do that, then that makes me pretty happy. And, and I'd say to our to our listeners out there, if you think you are alone, all you need to go is uh, go 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 to is is Chris's website and also check out his Facebook page. I mean, he's got a massive community out there of people that are trying to do the exact same thing that you are. Um, so definitely go check that out and definitely uh, you know be a part of that community. Uh, Chris, what, what's the best way that people can buy the book these days? Oh, absolutely. Thanks. Um, well, they can go to bornforthisbook.com. Uh, they can purchase it there. Or they can purchase it from Amazon. They can purchase it from Barnes & Noble or Chapters Indigo in Canada or pretty much any bookstore. If you walk in any bookstore, you should be able to get it. And if you go to bornforthis.com, you can also take that quiz that Connor was talking about. I took the quiz as well. I took it a couple, I feel like it was a couple months ago, though. I can't remember okay. which one it was, <laughs> but it's an amazing site. There's lots of great resources as well that are connected to Chris's other books. Again, it's a really, really awesome community. Um, Chris, what's kind of in the future for you once this book is... Uh, uh, once this book is launched, are you on to the next one? Yeah, well, this has been a, a big, you know, focus for a long period of time. I mean, it's been like a two-year project, and now I'm on the Don't road. Don't say you're I, going on vacation because you've <laughs> you've done it all now. <laughs> I, I've, ne- I've never gone on vacation in my life, so yeah. no, I don't no plan no plans to go on vacation. I'm not taking up golf. Um, I feel very fortunate. I love what I do. I want to do more of it. Awesome. Very cool. Well, Chris, thanks so much. We really, really appreciate you being on the show. And thanks so much to our Man Talks community. Uh, we really, really appreciate having you be a part of our lives. Um, if you want to uh, listen to more podcasts, you can check us out at mantalks.com. If you want to learn more about Man Talks, uh, of course, go to mantalks.com. Um, please also leave us a review on iTunes. It goes a long, long way to make sure that the podcast gets to, gets into as many ears as possible um we've got a lot of exciting events coming up in the future so make sure you uh you 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 check out the site thanks so much for joining us on the man talks podcast catch us next week for another inspiring conversation from an inspiring man 